Well, hello there. I'm Tracy Resch Williams, business coach and consultant for Alaska Tracy. Businesses work with me that are seeking calmness, clarity, and prosperity. Using my vision mapping framework, I guide them on their journey to success. On this podcast, you can enjoy hearing inspirational stories of success, as well as business tips and tools that you can actually use. So thanks for joining in. And oh, please remember, click the subscribe button, invite your friends and leave a comment. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining episode 59 today. We have a very special guest, Clara Rose. Clara Rose is a literary consultant and influence strategist with intentional influence. She's the founder of Influence University and Influence Builders Movement and chief editor with Rosedale Publishing. Clara works with those who want to write, speak, and lead to cultivate their influence and generate more leads for their business, ministry, cause, or brand. Clara Rose is the creator and host of popular shows, the popular show, Influence Matters. Welcome. Let's give a big welcome to Clara Rose. Well, hello, Clara Rose. I love your name. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Thank you for joining Alaska Tracy podcast. Uh, Welcome to anybody who's watching on YouTube and anybody who's joining into the podcast. I, whenever I say your name in my head, I think what a great name for actually what you do. And and we're going to get into your backstory uh, on on what you do and how you got to where where you got. Uh, before we begin, I, I didn't mention this in the intro. Um, I believe that I'm intuit- intuitively guided to ask people to be on the podcast. And when I asked Claire, I think we'd been friends on Facebook for a while, mm-hmm. yeah. but we'd never really had a conversation or anything. And so when I asked her, we started talking about me living in Anchorage, Alaska, and you grew up in Alaska. I did. I did. (laughs) As a matter of fact. (laughs) And then Claire, and I moved here from Florida, and now Clara lives in Florida. (laughs) Yep. Interesting, huh? Right. I love how that happens. And I have a book sitting there waiting to be written, so I think Clara is going to become a somehow interweaved in my in my life after this interview as well. Clara, can you start with with the backstory? Maybe if you want to even go back as far as living, growing up in a little teeny town in Alaska. Sure, sure. So I grew up actually in Petersburg, which is a small island in southeast Alaska. So I'm considerably farther south than than Anchorage. Um, wetter there for sure than in Anchorage. Um, probably not quite as much snow as Anchorage, but many of the same things that living in Alaska. Anchorage, all those things still translate, right? So in the winter, still dark at three o'clock and we had light boxes because there's light deprivation, you know, we had seasonal (laughs) depressive disorder and so many of those things that come along with living in Alaska. Um, Having grown up there as soon as I was an adult, 
um, I was out of there. That's really common, right? For small town life, like I can get off this island. I want fast food restaurants. <laughs> yes. I want, you know, movie theaters and life experiences. And when I, I married and I had a couple of children, it was like, oh, I need to go back to where it's safe. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so I did move back to Alaska when my children were small. Where did and, you move to when you moved back? Um, I back to I moved back to Petersburg. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Moved back to Petersburg. Well, that's where my family was, right? Uh -huh. So that just made good sense. So I lived there for a few years. Um, I did go through a divorce. Um, and then I left because your know, small town can be tough when everyone knows your business. So I moved to Washington State and, and I lived there for many years. That's where I met my current husband and I raised my children. Um, and we had reached a point in our lives where we were empty nesters. Um, we're both business owners, very entrepreneurial. And I've been doing business development consulting, which really just means helping people start businesses from scratch or startup businesses that were, you know, floundering and needed some assistance. And it kind of was accidental, really. People would say, oh, Clara could help you with that. And, you know, call Clara, Clara could help you with that. Clara, no, ask Clara. Turned into a consulting practice, helping people start businesses or rescue their new business. And then as the years went on, I started to see that some of my business startups would do really well. And I would see other business startups didn't do as well. And I would wonder, so why are these guys doing so much better than these guys? So I started just digging in to find out what was the difference. And what I discovered is those people who were doing really well had found a way to get some influence, right? To cultivate and build their influence. And so I started to shift my consulting practice and morph it so that we included a piece about building your influence. So we started off by looking where can we write something or where can we speak or where can we get involved where we create influence for you as the business owner that's going to translate to organically producing leads for your business, right? So that's where it began. What year was that? Um, probably 98-ish wow. was when I really started to shift toward let's look right, let's get in front of people, let's, you know, we didn't have social media like we have now. Well, that's what I was thinking. So right? when you say influence, were you thinking print, newspaper, TV? I, was, I wasn't thinking influencer like we use the word now, online influencer. I was thinking, where can you get other people to notice you mm -hmm. that's gonna make a difference? And so to me, influence meant I'm going to affect how this person thinks about something. I'm going to influence a decision, right? They need this product. I'm going to influence them that it's my product, not their competitor's product, right? So I had to be visible somehow. And before the internet or before media, I should say, it was difficult to find ways to influence on a, in a broader way, right? Mm -hmm. so so much has changed now that we have the internet and social media, right? Anybody can become an influencer. It's much simpler, but back then we had to look for ways. So we did, you know, what magazine, trade magazine, can I get you an article in that people that you're after are gonna see you, right? It's where we're gonna get that exposure. 
So that was the, like the beginning. It was like, okay, you could get together and network with people. If you can get in front of the room, educate people or talk to people, now you're going to create, you're going to cultivate influence, right? People are going to know who you are. If you jump into an organization, like a nonprofit or something and volunteer your time, guess what? You're going to get some influence. People are going to know who you are. It began to, to develop really not on purpose, but right, speak, lead began to develop for me over the years. I love that. Now, is that still your tagline? That is my tagline. Right, speak, took, lead. Yeah, it took me a really long time to figure out that that was a tagline, right? I, I would say it. to people, you need to write, you need to speak to lead. And so then when my client saying to me, I know I need to write, speak, lead. And I'd say, because influence matters, right? And they're like, yes, because it was so it was quite by accident. So that is my tagline, right? Speak, lead, because influence matters. And literally what I do is I work with clients and say, oh, whatever kind of business you have, business, ministry, cause, brand, whatever you have, what is it that you do? Let's get clear about your message and who you serve. Step one. And what can we write? Where can we speak and how can we lead that is going to organically generate leads for that business ministry cause or brand? That's what I do in a nutshell. So did you, when you started doing that, did you start to help the client find where they could be of influence? And is that what you do? Yeah. And that was just strategy, right? I'm strategic by nature. It's who I, if you, you looked at my strength finders, strategic is my number one, right? It's everything that I do, I do in a strategic way by nature. That's not true for everyone. So we have to stop and think, okay, what can we do strategically? We have to have a strategic focus and then we have to have intentional action, right? We gotta have a plan. And all the things that I teach, they start with a plan. Let's talk about writing a book. It takes a plan to write a book. You can't just sit down and hammer out a book. It just doesn't work. Well, for most people, it just doesn't work. You know, 10 years later, they're still trying to write that same book. <laughs> right? I'm raising my hand for those that can't see me. I think I'm on chapter 21 and I've just stopped. And it's so probably, yeah. That's usually because you just didn't have a plan to follow. Right. So many people, when we start working on their book together, we start by deconstructing what they already have. And we want to create, we want to look at the big picture. All right, what are we going to do with this tool? A book's just a tool. What are we going to do with it? What message do you want to say in this book? And now let's, let's make it make sense for someone to follow. And we map it out. So oh. we brainstorm it. And then we blueprint the whole book before we write a word. That is key to having a good book that people can't put down. Got to have a good blueprint. And then then you went into publishing. Yes. So then it was a natural progression for me somewhere along the line to say, wait a minute, publishing sucks for most people because it's really difficult to get an agent. And then if you're lucky enough to get an agent, it's difficult for that agent to get a publishing house to pick up your book. Like, okay, there's got to be a better way. Well, you can self-publish, right? But there's a lot of negative or downside to the self-publishing world. If you do it poorly or you do it wrong, you end up not even owning your own content. Like the number one thing that people do wrong in self-publishing is they don't retain their ownership of their right to publish wherever they please. Now, more of the money in your pocket if you self-publish, 
but it doesn't come with any of the perks of being through a publishing house. So what I did was I created a hybrid publishing company. So Rose Stout Publishing is a hybrid company. So we took the best of self-publishing and the best of traditional publishing and created something new. Um, before I started using the term, I had never seen it before, but now I see other people using the same terminology. You know, we're hybrid publishers. I don't know what it means to them, but what it means to us is you publish under Rosedale Publishing, your traditionally published press mark, but you own all of your rights. You don't pay royalties oh. like you do in traditional publishing. So we've removed some of the negative and take just the good stuff from both those and made a different kind of publishing. So that's a piece that I offer under the right section. Now I have authors who have taken, we've done their book, their manuscript, and then they want to go find somebody in the traditional publishing world because they want that big press release. They want, you know, the book signing tour. They want those things that I'm not interested in. Not because I probably couldn't figure those pieces out, just not, it's not my superpower, right? Kind of stay in my lane. This is what I do, right? Speak lead. <laughs> this is what I do right here in this lane. So she, this last one, she took one of her books. We're on book three now. She took one of her books to a, a publishing house where they said, ooh, we were really interested in the book. And so then I just helped negotiate a good contract for that book so that she was a as she could be and then educated her by the way you're giving them your rights to publish wherever you'd like because that's the way traditional publishing works oh, gotcha. you don't own the right to go somewhere else they're going to take royalties for life as long as you're good with that go for that contract you're protected gotcha. for me it's about what's good i'm i'm author centric or client client centric if you will what's good for my my client What's the best thing for them? What's the end goal that they're after and how can I help them get there? And then I focus on write, speak, lead to get them there. Clara, are most of your clients uh, authors then or, or writers or do you have a diverse, like what, who would be your client? So most of my clients are entrepreneurs or small business owners who are looking for a way to build influence. Now, not everyone comes to me from that perspective because my marketing message is write, speak, lead because influence matters, right? So I attract different people who think I want to create influence, but it ends up that just because of who I am and you know, everywhere you see me on social media and you know my, my show, I have an Influence Matters show every week. People that see me out there, they, they tend to be attracted to some specific things about me. Um, I'm a, a woman in her 50s, right? So I, I tend to attract women, not exclusively, of course, but that are more my age. Um, I have, because I'm very entrepreneurial and I talk about being an entrepreneur, I attract entrepreneurs. Um, I also tend to attract people who are faith-based people because I'm very open about my faith. So people who watch me, they know I'm a faith-based person. Um, I don't talk religion or politics in any of my social media. I don't think that's the place for it, but people know who I am by what they see and what they hear. So I tend to attract people who are very much like-minded, I think. 
Now, not to say that I don't attract others. You know, I have guys and I you know, you know, some millennials and that's fine as long as it fits within something that I'm comfortable working on, then I'll take them off on as a client. Wow, wonderful. Where could people find influence, your influence show? Um, so you can go to webeamtv.com and I'm live every Friday at two. And that is a local um, town area station. So you can see me there live every Friday. Or you can um, find me on Facebook and look up Influence Matters. And they stream it to my Facebook page as well. So you can find it there. And everywhere in social media, you can find me as Clara Rose Chat. So anywhere you want to find me, Clara Rose Chat, you'll find me. Before we begin the interview, I was sharing with you about the podcast and my YouTube, um, I tend to gear it towards my membership community called Visions to Profits Women's Membership Community. Granted, it's open. Everybody can listen to it. And they are business owners that have created a plan. They do it quarterly. And then we meet weekly. We talk about struggles, wins, and a task for the week. What advice could you give them to help them move forward in their business and their life? So this is always my my best advice for anyone in business. Strategic focus, intentional action. Everything that we do, you need to have a strategic focus about it and then intentional action. If you don't have a plan, you're going to flounder, right? If you don't have a map to follow, you're going to take the longest route possible to get there. just because we're human, that's the nature of it. So strategic focus, intentional action. Nice. That sounds good. What struggle can you think of that you have had along the way that you have wanted to just walk away from what you're doing? What, like, what challenge or struggle have you had and how have you walked through it to the other side? So probably my biggest struggle is that I'm, because I'm so entrepreneurial and I'm super creative as well, I'm easily distracted by the shiny object syndrome, right? So a new cool thing will come along and I'm like, ooh, I can do that. Or, oh, look at that. I should, right? And that takes away from that strategic focus, which is why I literally have that on my computer, I'm staring at, as we speak, I'm staring at strategic focus, potential action in front of face because I've got to remind myself as well that I have to stay focused. It's so easy, especially if you're like multi-passionate, right? I could be happy doing a million different creative things, right? I'm laughing because I'm watching a whole flock of birds outside. I'm like, oh, look. <laughs> Right, you know, it's, especially if you're super creative, that's, that's the struggle is real, my friend. <laughs> so that's, that's been my biggest struggle over the years. I focused on what I'm doing. Along the way, I've had many different hobbies and different part-time jobs. I've even owned a bunch of different businesses just because I thought, oh, I could do that. I want to do that. It's always, always on the side, I'm still consulting, but I've done a bunch of different things because I, I just wanted to, right? And it takes away from what you're trying to build and what you're trying to do. So if you can find a way to stay focused 
And I've had to just keep reminding myself, yes, you could do that. But just because you could doesn't mean you should. Right. So had to adopt this idea, this concept. When something new and exciting comes along, I have to look at it in light of my current business structure. Right. Look at that umbrella, if you will. Does it fit? Does it move forward in some way? Does it make sense for your time to be divided and you to be doing that as well? If it doesn't, set it aside. Put it in your idea book, or I have an idea vault, right? Put it in your idea vault for a, a later time. Maybe somewhere down the road, you'll do something with it. But for now, stay focused on what you're trying to build and trying to do. Just by the nature of life and things, it's going to morph just like my business morphed from business development consulting to really writing, speaking, and leading, right? Writing and publishing books, helping people write their signature speech and get on stages to get influence, helping people to connect in their communities in ways that are going to benefit them in their business. I, my business morphed, and yours will too. I allow a certain amount of that. You still need to stay strategically focused. <laughs> Do you have an accountability group or a coach or somebody that you? Yes, always. <laughs> I'm a part of a weekly mastermind group of people who use the same platform that I use, which is Kajabi. That's where all my digital courses live. Um, that's the only way to do digital courses in this, you have to have a platform. So I love Kajabi. These are all people who use Kajabi. We meet weekly to, to encourage each other, um, educate each other, support each other, share each other's stuff. Wonderful group. I always have a mentor. Anything that isn't my superpower, I have a mentor for it. It's like I have a guy in California who is amazing at marketing, genius at marketing. He's my mentor for that. We meet weekly on a Zoom call. I'm helping him with his book. He's mentoring me on my marketing piece. Oh. It's just, if it's not your superpower, get someone that it is their superpower and pay them. Get yourself a mentor for anything that you don't do really well. What advice do you have to people that say, I can't afford that? You cannot afford, you can't afford to not have a mentor. Really? So here's the deal. If you were an athlete, you would not even bat an eye at having a coach not even bad an eye, right? Your coach or your mentor is going to cut the time in half, the learning time in half. So try to figure it out yourself for a year or work with a mentor or coach and do it in two months. What is it worth to you, right? It's going to spend your time or you're going to spend your money. If you don't have the money, literally don't have the money, then you're going to have to spend the time. But if you have the money, save the time for something else. Right. I love that. And I heard talk about shiny objects, which we'll have to chat about this after I've dove into clubhouse and I'm now, oh, mercy. <laughs> I'm now hosting a room on focus with a couple other women and we'll have to have yeah. you on there as a guest. Yeah. Um, but I heard somebody on there last night say, and, and the beautiful thing about clubhouse is when I was making dinner, I was listening to it and it was on podcasting and I picked up amazing tips that I am not doing. And, um, but wh where I'm going with that is they said, when you hire a mentor, look for somebody who's almost in your lane and what they're going to teach you is really things that they've gone through. So you're going to skip like what you were just saying there. You're, you're going to skip through all or a lot of 
the detours because they're going to tell you. And that's, I hired my, um, just hired my master coach who taught our master coach course. And she's been coaching for a long time. And of course, I'm like, I want to copy everything you're doing. She's like, Trace, I've been doing this for years. Stay in your lane. But as I'm listening to her, I'm thinking, oh, I'm sure you've struggled with this because you're hyphenating this piece, you know, right. and and yeah. I'm thrilled to be coached by her. So you're learning from her her years of, of figuring it out, right? That's what you're paying for, really. You're paying for that expertise. And the same thing is true when someone comes to me and they've been trying to write their book for 10 years, right? And then we we spend a couple of months together getting a strong outline and we, we start doing the editing. You know, and a few months later, they're publishing their book. They're like, you know, why did I wait 10 years to to hire someone to help me, you know, and, but that's the truth. You just need someone who knows the process and can say, here's what you do next. And then we're going to do this. And then we're going to do this. So you just get it done. Otherwise you're just going to spend time trying to figure it out yourself. So much time. So yeah. much time. And time is money and yes, money can do amazing things to help people. Yep. Yeah. Spend your time somewhere else. Wonderful. Hire <laughs> Yes. My last question to you, Clara, is how do you define success in your life? So for me, success is 100% about fulfillment, <laughs> right? For me, it's about personal fulfillment. I'm, I feel successful when I feel fulfilled by the things that are happening in my life right? I have a wonderful marriage. I have wonderful grown children. I have 10 wonderful grandchildren. Yeah. I have a business that I absolutely love, love, love. Um, every time one of my clients gets their book published and hold it in their hot little hand for the first time, they are so excited about what they've accomplished, but I'm like proud, like a mama, right? Because oh. I've helped them birth this thing that they never thought was possible. And that, that's success to me. Like when they're like, Clara, you're the best money I ever spent. That's success to me. I'm fulfilled by that. So that to me is what success looks like. Oh, I love that. Oh, you're wonderful. I oh. look so forward to our relationship moving forward. And um, I hope a lot of you will reach out to Clara and find her. Clara Rose chat. You said Google, Facebook, um, yep. ClaraRose.com. ClaraRose.com is my website. And you'll see right on there, Right Speak Lead. <laughs> it's all right there. Join, tune into my show um, at two. That's what I'm talking about. Right Speak Lead. Influence Matters. Wonderful. And let her know that you heard her on Alaska Tracy podcast. Clara, yeah. thank you so much for the opportunity to uh, have some of your time today and be interviewed. It's been an honor and a privilege. Such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Remember, click the subscribe button, share with your friends, and please leave a rating. Thanks so much for joining. Until the next time.